Welcome. You're listening to Mystic Moon Cafe Radio. And welcome everyone to Mystic Moon Cafe. It's so wonderful to be here tonight in this uh, lovely, lovely rainy day. I don't know how it is across the nation, but it is that's the way it is in Seattle. <laughs> um, and I have my my ghosty co-hosts, hosts. Is that hostess with, you know, hostess. male, female, hostess? Hostess. Wendy and Jake. <laughs> Howdy, folks. Hello. I'm great. How are you guys doing today? Uh, uh, you know, it's a Pinot Gris episode tonight. Yes. Oh, dear. I understand. Yes, I had one of those days, too. <laughs> I'm saying, shake it off. Shake it off. It's okay. Everything's good. How about you, Wendy? Of all the days I've ever had. It's one of them. <laughs> That's a nice thing. I'm just glad you got through it. Yep. <laughs> That's right. We all survive, so that's yep. the best thing in the that's world. Right. So, that's but, right. But uh, but um, Jacob and I and Sandy, we had a very amazing experience this last weekend. We actually unofficially, I'll put that in there, investigated Thornwood <laughs> Castle in, in Pasacoma <laughs> in Washington. <laughs> I'm saying unofficially because, you know, they really, you know. They're how, not into the ghost thing. 
But it was an awesome, awesome night because hardly anybody was there. Mm -hmm. And um, they opened a lot of the doors to the different rooms, and we got to go in and do an EVP session in each of the rooms. And the apartment we were staying at actually had some activity. And it was amazing. It was probably the most active spot in the entire uh, property, which was kind of interesting. It's the... Yes, because it's the apartment right next door to the castle. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, that so was very strange, but uh, that's where we got the EVPs. I thought I got a couple things in the castle, but I had to rule it out. Um, okay. It just wasn't uh, clear enough. But uh, um, So, unfortunately, but it was very strange that the, <laughs> the most active <laughs> things we got was in the apartment next right. to the castle. Right, that was built in the 70s, <laughs> and it's obviously built in the 70s, but well-maintained. Yeah. Right. It's yes, very well-maintained. Definitely yes. some, like, Brady Bunch stuff going on in that apartment, you know. <laughs> yes, yeah. Gold shape. It was carpet. very nice. Pretty much. Was <laughs> <laughs> it gold? I was trying to think. It was gold. Um, yeah, so I just speculate is all the ghost hunters spend all their time in the castle that the ghosts are like, F you, man, I'm like heading out (laughs) to the patio. (laughs) But we did some really uh, interesting experiments that night. Mm -hmm. And um, Jake is, uh, you know, where basically you put headphones on and you listen to, um, we're not a big fan of the ghost box or spirit box we don't really we think it's very too suggestive Mm -hmm. but it's kind of fun to do experiments with it sometimes just to see because sometimes we think that um a lot of um you know say uh, spirits may try to contact you through the white noise um Mm -hmm. if anything so but we did that experiment and then we did another experiment with only white noise to see if something would manipulate the white noise into sound to try to just talk to us Mm -hmm. so we had earphones on and um we uh, and a blindfold so we didn't see anything and the white noise was so loud that we did not hear um when someone was asking us questions so um sandy was asking me questions and i didn't hear her and i was hoping that something would manipulate the white noise but you know it's one of those things am i having audio matrixing which means am i making something out of the white noise Or am I, you know, really hearing something? Because there were several times I kept thinking I was hearing, like, something trying to speak to me. And I kept asking, are you trying to speak to me? Um, And, Jacob, you want to say what what we got? Yeah, so during the white noise experiment that June was doing, uh, we got phantom footsteps. And... They were really, really clear. It almost clear. sounded like little... Yeah, they sounded like little kid feet. And so the reason yeah. why we... I, well, I kind of picked the like... If I could talk, right? The lakeside apartment was be, simply because it's a little bit off the castle, so you don't have to worry about, you know, people walking by while you're doing your EVP session and stuff like that. But it, that area is known for a little boy that had drowned in the lake just in front of the apartment. So I'm like, let's just give this a whirl. And it really sounds like if you've seen Pet Cemetery, you know, when Gage runs down the hallway. <laughs> yes, it really sounded did. did like that. <laughs> and, and there's nobody boy. else around us. Yeah. There's no one else around us at all. We are 
alone yes there's there no one around and us. then and it was in the apartment mm -hmm. and there were some direct responses to the questions one of them was a female's voice and uh sandy had been asking about who was there and there's a female voice evp that says behind you <laughs> and then uh, the other question mm -hmm. was tell us your name and it answered a male's voice answered mark or marcus i i thought it was more you know like uh, it was something it like mark that. It, there was mark it i got mark, mark yeah. for sure it came out of it I, yeah and then when we were doing the estes method it's called which is where you let the spirit box go through the you know go through am frequencies and stuff to spell out words and we did get some direct answers in that but again you know that could be completely random however <laughs> They were, who unscrews the light bulbs, and the name was Doug, and then asked about if it was the little boy, and it went into, you got me, uh, daddy, um, I died, <laughs> like all back to back. It was really bizarre. Right yeah. after that. Wow. And then the rest of it was just a crap shot, but, <laughs> yeah. but you know, yeah, it was probably just random, but. It was a, this is why we we don't usually do um you know the the spirit box is what they say and that's where they take a a radio and you they go through different stations and supposedly the spirits are supposed to pull out words to contact you but you know I mean scientifically that would be very very difficult um mm -hmm. you know <laughs> well except you know that one time we tried to do that and it was on the some really really strong evangelical oh station. yeah 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 <laughs> when we did that and spooked i hit the hellfire and damnation it kind of, channel <laughs> it kind of scared us all yeah. of a sudden demon yeah kill <laughs> hellfire bomb plague i was like um we should try to do another stations mm -hmm. but <laughs> it, going back to thornwood right before we bring on our guest because it's not about us we want to get our guests on but oh, i yes, will say yes. we it's did have horrible. personal experiences <laughs> in the movie room i got pinched yeah. on my leg three times back to back to back because yeah. i was being a snarky like little son of a bitch making fun of the boo buddy and i guess it was a kid <laughs> that was not happy with me doing that but yeah. whatever <laughs> the boo buddy little teddy bear Yes. <laughs> the Boo Buddy is this teddy bear that's just, I love this teddy bear. Um, if anything comes close to it, it'll say, what, what are some of the things it says with all the different things? Like yeah. if anybody touches it? Or, yeah. yeah. So if, if something, if it picks up motion, vibration, something like that, it'll say, that tickles. Do you want to hold my hand? Or it'll just giggle. Uh, other times it'll say, ooh, I'm cold or it's chilly in here. Or did you make it warm? if it detects temperature which i call bs on that because it does that two tenths of a degree come on you can like breathe on it um but it'll give you it'll but give still. you and then it goes into just random questions for evp like it goes a b c d e like wants you to do the alphabet or it counts stuff like that just to see if it can elicit a response i love oh, my boo it's buddy pretty. it's the best investigator yes i love it too Aww. It is amazing. I have to keep it away from the dogs. They just keep eyeing it yes. like I'm going to gut you like a fish. That would be one of the most expensive dog toys. No that crap. You Let bought. me tell you. Like, boo. Mm. Boo will set you back. I might as well get a Teddy Ruxpin. Yeah, exactly. I, I, it's more than a Teddy Ruxpin, I hate to tell you. <laughs> True that. But anyway. 
Okay, without further ado, or ado, let's bring on our wonderful and amazing guests, Jennifer and Maxwell. Um, you know, I thought maybe we would like to... Um, I, sorry, it's my, my mind just kind of was going in a million it's different the directions. But it's the bourbon. Yes. There's <laughs> 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 the Irish cream in my coffee. Um, <clears throat> but I thought we'd like to actually uh, start off by you both telling something about yourselves and your, your whole life. Um, <laughs> how would you like to start at the beginning? <laughs> how about Jennifer? It's like oh, if you'd wow. like to. Jennifer, we'll say like this is Share with the group. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you'd like to, you know, kind of start off say, you know, telling about yourself. Sure, sure. Hi, everyone. I'm Jennifer Page, co-host of Odd Tonic, which is why we're here tonight. Uh, a little bit about myself, my background. Um, I know I'm known for being a genre actress. I love doing sci-fi fantasy movies, um, gaming movies. I'm a big gamer. Uh, as well as I'm an artist, and I do cosplay and costuming, and I'm also a professional tarot reader and palm reader, as well as a part-time mermaid. <laughs> That's awesome. I need to book you for my next corporate event. Perfect. Yeah, all those things. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's off. And now we have Maxwell Holacek. That's right. Uh, I am... Jen's co-host on the Odd Tonic podcast, and uh, I do none of the things that Jennifer does. <laughs> We're diversified. You, diversified. Yeah. you don't want to see me in a mermaid tail. <laughs> that's uh, why we are here tonight, though. <laughs> but uh, our our um, backgrounds and uh, our abilities are um, a great match on Odd Tonic. Um, uh, Jen comes from a background where she is very crafty and in front of the camera, and uh, I come from a background where I am also crafty and behind the camera. <laughs> I have a degree in uh, film and video production. Uh, I also have a background in theater. Um, both of those together actually um, did uh, did me quite well when I moved to Seattle over 20 years ago to pursue a career in uh, software development. Hmm. Specifically, wow. I really wanted to get into uh, children's entertainment. One of the things I loved about children's entertainment is that um, not only at the time um, in the uh, late 90s, early aughts, were some of the best titles, best entertainment out there were for kids because you were still able to be um, really whimsical in a way that you didn't see in a lot of uh, adult titles. And you could also write it in a level that, well, there, you could write it on two levels where the kids thought it was great, but then you could slip in a few jokes that only mom and dad would get. <laughs> and... <laughs> And there were a couple of companies in Seattle at the time that were really making some of the best children's software uh, at, at the time. And uh, I moved out here just to work uh, with one of them. And that's, that's what I did. And, and so that started my career in Seattle Tech for a while. And, and uh, that's how Jennifer and I eventually met, um, oh. working at uh, Wizards of the Coast. Oh, D&D. And for uh, a few years, we knew that we wanted to work on a, a project together. Uh, we but, thought it would be film. Yeah, we really did, mm -hmm. uh, due to our backgrounds. And um, and then we realized that was not. 
Right, <laughs> right, right. Because uh, film, as you know, is is a bit expensive. It takes a whole crew to uh, mm. get it together. It's very time intensive. And uh, with the other obligations that we had at the time, um, it was just impossible to get something going. And uh, then we had the idea for Odd Tonic, and the rest is history, as mm -hmm. they say. Yeah, we thought podcasts, it's audio. You know, cut out all the video, audio podcast, easy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's an amazing show. I mm -hmm. absolutely love it. I I absolutely love it. So, yeah, you guys do an uh, you guys do an incredible job, but you know, one thing I really love to know is how long does it take you to put an episode together? Mm. Well, let's see. We we do research and writing for at least a week. Mm -hmm. Recording is actually when we actually sit down to record. That's actually the speediest part of the process, mm -hmm. don't you think? Yeah. And then um, so we'll record usually in a day, maybe break it up into two and then spend a, a couple of days, depending on the complexity of the episode and how much polish Maxwell feels um is just you need in the episode um it, it can take it could take um quite a bit of time and commitment for that. Mm -hmm. yeah he puts on his producer hat and uh really makes some magic there. I, i'm a perfectionist that's what she's <laughs> politely trying to say i understand yeah but but yeah we i mean for the most the majority of it it's a it's a two-person uh produced podcast mm -hmm. and um I've gotten in, this is the first time I've done any really uh, audio editing work, and Maxwell's taught me the ropes on doing the voice, helping with the voice edits, and then from there. She's a natural. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> I was there. I know how we talked. <laughs> really. I mean, just putting the music in and everything mm -hmm. like that, and especially, I, I really, I like how you put on the, the sound effects and the mm -hmm. music and, yeah. and everything. Yeah, I was going to, and this must be the film background, because when I listen to it, I'm like, you know what, well, this is a podcast, but it's almost like a radio drama, like you took yes. lore yes. and made it I atmospheric it. and cinematic, you know? It's a production. Yeah, we want to draw people in and really make them feel like they're here in, mm -hmm. in the parlor with us because we are here and you know we're talking to our guests and we just want to make it as immersive as possible because we just we're just so passionate about the subjects we cover and we just really want that to come across and we really want to share as much richness that, as we can with our guests. And speaking of the subjects, I don't think we've we've broached that yet just in case someone who is listening is not familiar oh, with yes, us. Yeah. Uh, we cover uh, weird history, strange science, and the paranormal. And we uh, record here in our parlor, which is an actual <laughs> an actual it's beautiful. Thank you. Uh, thank you. And, uh, and we do we do drink tea <laughs> while we are <laughs> recording. It's not just a uh, Part I drink of the wine and whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Everyone has their bevy of choice up if, if we're listeners out there. <laughs> I would have to say between the three subjects, we uh, we tend to maybe lean toward uh, the latter into the paranormal. Um, and uh, I think part of that is due to we love to hear our listeners' stories, submitted oh, stories to us. And um, we are blown away every 
every episode that we are doing um, the listener episodes just by the the wide spectrum of experiences that people are having out there. And um, it's just incredible. You were talking about um, us trying to bring a lot of uh, cinematic qualities to the podcast. You don't have to work that hard when you're dealing with some of these stories. They right. are they are just right out of a movie, uh, down it's to the, awesome. the the atmosphere and the tension and and sometimes they go in directions that you just you don't yeah. expect. And they're so unique. They they really are. Mm-hmm. You know, the more you hear these stories, just the bigger the world gets, and it's it's just amazing how, you know, you ask anyone and someone is bound to have a story that they just can't explain. Mm-hmm. And yet we try to shove it all under the rug, like mm-hmm. life is normal, predictable, <laughs> and just your daily commute, mm-hmm. you know? Remember, take me out of my comfort I was going to say, life yeah. is yeah. easier if monsters don't exist. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. it, is, it is about where you put your attention and where you look, but mm-hmm. it's, pretty, it's pretty fantastic. Mm-hmm. I know awesome. June and I are putting a... a, a boogeyman from around tales from around the world Ooh. together and um i reached out to some of my international type friends and it, it almost makes me kind of laugh because the only two that have gotten back with me are both from south africa oh, and right. um, yeah right. uh but uh, we're looking for all over the world but i don't know exactly how to reach out and say hey guys get a hold of us we want your stories we want your even if it's just the different um the different names that it's done mm-hmm. under and different yeah. regions of the world. That would just be and audio, video, or just write it down and we'll read it out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, what qualifies to you as, like, I have my version of what I think a boogeyman is. Mm-hmm. What do you think mm-hmm. your version is? Uh, basically, the the devil under the bed or in the okay. closet mm-hmm. waiting to get you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. If your feet hang over the side of the bed. Yeah. <laughs> so if, on my side, so I'm on my blog. So I do ghostly activities as my blog. And okay. I covered the boogeyman. But really, when I was researching it, it turned out it was almost like a tulpa or a manifested mm-hmm. thought form. Mm-hmm. But it summed up your actual fears. So depending on what culture you're in, it's going to reflect the darkest, most negative aspects. So I did one in northern Mexico on my blog, and the boogeyman is this honeybee hybrid. Wow. Yeah, it's a honeybee hybrid type thing that comes after kids. So, And it depends on where you're from. Like, you know, I'm from the Midwest and stuff, so it's going to be, you know, this is like a Western European, North American thing, 50s urban legend. It's going to be the monster in the closet, essentially. But really, Mm -hmm. it's just the the personification of fear of the unknown and anxiety. So Mm -hmm. that's my I would have to, to, you know, say no, but that's me. We're not going to argue on it, but we can. can Yeah, I mean, if I did it, if I did in Africa, it would be some kind of primate thing uh, in in the jungle, depending on what part of the country you're in. The actual scary stories. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But to me, it's just the personification of fear, specifically around the unknown. That's That's my academic, because I'm all academic. (laughs) (laughs) And then there's there's the offshoot of the boogeyman that includes the cautionary tale of Mm -hmm. you better be good. Mm hmm. Right. Otherwise, the boogeyman will get you. Yeah, yeah. And in a way, it's like, is this um, 
a parent fable to tell children to get them to behave or exactly. is there something mm -hmm. to you yeah. know yeah, Very when, interesting. when I was a kid, I had Oogalaga because I have Scandinavian roots, and that was the troll in the well. <laughs> <laughs> so back to you guys. I shared enough. Shared enough. <laughs> no, no, I'm fascinated about uh, maybe even the the evolutionary reason for the boogeyman mm -hmm. too, because every human child at a certain age is afraid of the unknown thing that could be under the bed, could be in the closet. We right. were hardwired mm -hmm. at a certain age to be on the lookout. We know that it's out there. Won't go to bed with the door open. Right. Mm -hmm. And in our mind's uh -huh. eye, what is it? Well, you can speak to any, you know, uh, three to five-year-old, and they're always going to be usually describing a few things. It's going to be hairy, right? It's going to have big eyes. And it's going to have mm -hmm. the teeth. Mm -hmm. And it occurs to me that there is probably um, an evolutionary reason for that, as I had said. I think that a lot of that has to do with um, the, the, you know, the, the brain, the DNA, keeping kids on the lookout for predators back in, you know, back in the day before we were living in condos, right? <laughs> uh, right. And, and um, and the reason why kids won't, you know, what they don't want to eat anything that actually has flavor to it, right? Because mm -hmm. that helps them stay away from, from poisonous foods, things that are unknown. And I find that really uh, fascinating to look at all the things that we sort of take for granted, but then look at them through like the evolutionary lens. Why, mm -hmm. why do we do that? And sometimes you can make some really interesting correlations. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes you actually hear the stories about there actually being a boogeyman <laughs> under right, the closet right. and that just spices like, things no. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. I would I would have to my my brain makes the uh connection that it's almost a hat man type of, mm. or shadow person mm -hmm. uh entity but then again is it all in your head or is there something actually out there right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or are we are we collectively with our collective consciousness bringing it into Correct. play, right? Yeah. Like right. Slenderman, that, that falls into mm -hmm. the tulpa, you know, yep. bucket, mm -hmm. bu yeah. Yeah. bucket, bucket. I'm not that drunk yet. Really. I, you say we get that. <laughs> the, the Philip, it's like the Philip experiment, yeah. you know. Yeah, it's like exactly. you know, the more and more people think about something, all of a sudden, is it, you know, is it going to be manifested and come to life, or you know, is there actually, or was there actually a ghost named philip that was mm -hmm. conjured up yeah. <laughs> with yeah. all the yeah. something that was the big devil. argument yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm totally <laughs> believing consensus reality so mm -hmm. and then you have your table chasing you across your, your living room <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know? i hate when that happens <laughs> i know but you usually have big dogs underneath your tables that are chasing you around <laughs> true or so, snoring behind me on the bed, yes. Yes, aw. <laughs> so, guys, I have a question because the the writing is so – well, I mean, you have the interviews and stuff, but just the writing overall and the pacing and the storytelling. So if you could, I'm a big production nerd. So mm -hmm. I am all into, you know, what kind of mics, what kind of mixing, blah, blah, blah. But let's – when it comes to storytelling – it's like, huh, I can't even talk tonight, really. <laughs> storytelling okay. technique and the, the process that yeah. you do go through to bring the episode from a writing – perspective from sourcing originating and, and don't give away any secrets if you got trade secrets please don't. <laughs> trade but <laughs> how does it go from that little kernel that little match in the dark 
to the full-blown auditory movie that you do. Wow. Oh, thank you. That's a good one. <laughs> um, I can kind of start. Yeah. I usually start. Uh -huh. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Maxwell will be like, what do you think we should do next? Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to lie. I kind of sit back and have a feeling about what feels good what what's the vibe you know um obviously we want to keep a variety going but we also want to trend some things but if something is really catching my interest um i'll go ahead and suggest that because i really do believe in intuition and and uh, just working with that inner voice that you have so normally i would be like oh well you know or we'll come across something like The Secret Life of Plants. When we came across that mm. book, it just immediately yeah. felt right. And um, when when I picked it up, um, someone else saw it in my house and said, I'm reading that right now, too. And like a book from 1976, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and so, you know, synchronicities like that and stuff. And and uh, so usually I'll take a topic. I'll try and research it as much as possible, start dumping it into our template. And then um, Maxwell really, he, he puts on that producer hat and that storytelling hat, and he's just so good at the narrative and the big picture that he kind of takes it from there. So why don't you talk about your process a little bit, Lux? Sure, yeah. Well, Jennifer is always finding uh, amazing things or reminding reminding me of stuff that we have been wanting to do that, uh, that there's, you know, when you look at the world of, you know, strange history and science and the paranormal this it's an embarrassment yeah. of riches really mm -hmm. since sometimes mm -hmm. it's, uh, you don't even know where to begin so jennifer is gnomes <laughs> <laughs> and jennifer is, is excellent at, at picking up uh, wonderful stuff and from there i think uh we start we do really focus on the structure and one of the things that we've found that is that uh, a subject that has a lot of really interesting details is a fascinating read, but not necessarily fascinating to listen to. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things that we really focus on is the storytelling aspect mm -hmm. of the narrative, because that's what really locks us in as listeners. Right. And we have actually, well, in fact, we currently have on hold uh, an episode that we're really excited about, but we feel like it doesn't quite have that um, personal element. Yeah, it doesn't have the storytelling, doesn't have the, the narrative thread in there yet. So we, we are working on that. Mm -hmm. um, and oh, what are some other things that we're, uh, we look at? Like I said, the, the, bit, the flow of how it's structured and just you're, you, like even with Secret mm -hmm. Life of Plants, you're very much like, this is really great information, mm -hmm. and the things that Clive Baxter discovered were really amazing, but what's his story? And it hadn't even occurred to me yeah. that like the journey of what he went through in presenting all this and, and how it all came to be, I was just like, no, let's get to the good part. The plants are talking. <laughs> <laughs> that's very Swamp right. Thing. Yeah, mm -hmm. that, that's right. We, we've, we have found that... Um, it's really easy to focus on the the weird stuff, the mm -hmm. stuff that mm -hmm. you can't explain, um, the the Hollywood special effects stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, the human element is is oh, just as compelling in all of these stories. Uh, often you find there are maybe strange correlations going between going on between who is who's telling the story, who's witnessing this, and what's going on with them, and how 
how that might be uh, affecting the experiences they're having or how you might read something completely different into the things that are going on. For instance, if someone is talking about poltergeist activity and going into de uh, detail about the poltergeist, uh, that's interesting. But then if you find out that there is in the house uh, this person's family and there's a lot of family drama going on and there's maybe some teenagers and the teenagers are going through a rough time and mm -hmm. suddenly you start you start connecting some dots that that make it just that much more engrossing. Yeah. So we do try to um, zero in on the human element as well, and it really makes for a more robust story. Because right. there's, besides aliens, there's usually a human involved. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I was having a flashback to some journalism classes I took on feature stories and take the focus approach to take you through the narrative of it all. It's almost like the hero's journey and. You, it doesn't sound like you guys are doing a three-act type structure. It seems more like a hero's journey type with the obstacles that they hit along the way. And in art, well, I might be getting too technical for the audience. <laughs> but you guys know what I'm talking about. No, absolutely. And uh, you were talking about the three acts. We, I think as far as we get on that is we always want to make sure we, we start off with a, a strong story. And we try to end big uh, mm -hmm. as well, too. So um, we, we do that. That definitely comes from my uh, my theater and film background. So I was wondering, too, it's like how many of the stories that you get, do you have to kind of rewrite a little bit or um, or are the stories that people send you, you know, that good? <laughs> I wonder how well do you do you have to like rewrite them just a little bit to make them you develop know, a little bit more develop. Yes, develop develop the narrative. Well, develop them, <laughs> polish them a little more better. We, we definitely some of them are so good. Oh, thank you. That, I mean, we most do of get them a lot of really great stories. Yeah, content-wise, we don't touch them. Absolutely. Yeah. A lot of times we'll go back and we'll ask clarifying questions and or it always surprises me how many details we can get from asking even more questions and then then we'll we'll place them into the story where appropriate you know and with the pace of it but it's amazing how it's it's a funny thing because when you're telling someone a story you know everything in your head already so you might not think to add a detail because you already know it and that's right. one of the hard things about writing. So with us not being familiar with the story, hearing someone say it, you know, just even saying, what year was the house? How many bedrooms? You know, what? how did you feel about this experience? That sort mm -hmm. of thing. Um, just because there, there's a lot of details and stuff they might just take for granted that we can right. then put into the story and, and fill it out a bit. <clears throat> but do you have anything to add? Yeah, Mom? it's true. The clarifying questions... Um, really brings out a lot of details. Jennifer's absolutely right. Mm -hmm. And you, of course, we have, everyone has has strengths, and we get some stories that are, from a, um, a, a writing standpoint, just absolutely perfect. And we, we pretty much just read them verbatim. And there are, are others that are wonderful stories, but... Uh, sometimes we will um, move things around that doesn't disrupt the timeline but doesn't give something away, has more of a punch. Right. Um, if we find that something was written in more of a conversational tone and it's so casual that it might bump the listener a little bit, we might 
we might uh, finesse that a little bit. But whatever edits we make, we will send them to the person who submitted the story and uh, ask for uh, feedback and approval and just to make sure that we got it right. Yeah. We, we would awesome. hate to think. We don't want to assume anything, right? Right. right. We, we, would, we would hate it that if our little finesse uh, ended up changing a fact or put too much emphasis on something. So we always get approval. Yeah. But cool. we are fortunate that we've had so many people write in yeah. who are good writers to the oh, point yeah. where uh, A.D. Vaughn has sent us such gems of stories oh, yeah. it really caught our eye and we're like we need more from you <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah um, so we, we want to work more closely with her in the future just because um we can really recognize um talent in people and and again just with autonic it's it's not about us as much as it is about people and and the community mm -hmm. and just uh, the experiences that we all share so when if you know, if we find someone who just has a fabulous talent, I think there might be room to bring them on board a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. Lots of work to go around on Autonic. <laughs> <laughs> so what is one of your favorite, favorite, sh your favorite stories? Can you, um, I know you have like so many, but yeah. <laughs> what are some of your favorite ones that uh, come to mind? Oh, yeah. Uh, are we talking strictly uh, listener stories or just topics we've covered in general? It could oh, be both. Either. either. Yeah. yeah. Well, I just <laughs> I just have such a spot in my heart for a good old ghost story. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, just, I know. Me too. Yeah. We're with you, sister. I, me too. <laughs> like, it's usually one of the first things I ask people I don't know. Like, do you have a ghost story? <laughs> because I just love hearing them to the point where, like, if I'm listening to a good story, ghost story my eyes start tearing up you know it's just mm. like right. this emotional response you know get goosebumps and everything uh -huh. so uh, i don't know i have to i'll have to think about it for a second if if i have That's a fine. particular favorite <laughs> but uh yeah um one of the scarier things i think we've covered is the sleep paralysis mm. and hat man mm. stuff just because you're in such a vulnerable state when you're sleeping uh it's hard to record a show like that in your home and then be like, all right, shutting off the lights, going to bed. <laughs> and then oh, yeah. there, there can be a bit of power of suggestion in your sleep and your dreams as well. Yeah. So it's like, oh, please do not let the hag show up. Because, like, <laughs> it, it, who, and then it's like, is it uh, actual experience? Did I invoke this? Or is it power of suggestion? And who is going to believe me now? <laughs> <laughs> Right. Oh my gosh! I do love a hag story. I gotta tell you. I do oh love, really? Oh, I love, awesome. I love like the whole nightmare demon like mixed. Is this real? Is this not real? Kind of that ether verse that exists between yeah. the dreaming states and the real and anything dealing with lucid dreaming. I'm like, I'm a sucker. Yeah, total sucker. Good. Mm -hmm. Good. Yeah. I wish I could lucid dream. I, this I was one of those things. Ugh, I would really, I really wish I, I would be able to do that because, of course, when I go into a dream, I don't know that it's a dream. I mean, it all seems, you know, very Defined real. So, mm -hmm. yeah, <clears throat> I wish I could. Be yeah, one of I'm those a control freak. So, says, hey. yeah, I control everything. <laughs> in the game, so, yeah. <laughs> I've managed a few times to realize I'm dreaming, and it's always the same scenario. I'm dreaming. <gasps> I can fly, and then I'll fly, 
and then eventually oh, that's I, awesome. start, I start to sink and I wake up. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I gotta tell you, there's nothing like the jerk right before you hit. Like that's the <laughs> and I crash <laughs> right out and <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, totally love those. But yeah, uh, I'm I'm with Jennifer. I uh, I really enjoyed the the ways. Well, first the inspiration uh, of doing our sleep paralysis episode. Uh, June, you were asking about our our favorite submissions. I every time we're about to embark on a parlor stories, I uh, parlor stories edition. I think that. Every time I turned to Jennifer, I said, "These are these are really good stories. We it happened again. We got these submissions are absolutely amazing." And I think I actually say it on the episodes too. Just, <laughs> every time it's like, "Oh, you're not going to believe these stories. These are amazing." And uh, we just we're we're just so lucky. We've got the just the the best listeners out there, and we are just so thankful that they are brave enough and generous enough to uh, to share with us. Um, so. If you're if you're listening out there, thank you from the bottom of our heart. Yes. So, a quick question for you then is with versus reader submission. But what about the horrors of reality, like reading the news, and what ha has that inspired? I try not to. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and uh, horrors of reality. How do we feel about it? Uh, how, well, or, you know, we, horror, we horror, but. It, I mean, story. Uh, good stories can come out of, you know, the horrible stuff that you read in the news, in right. contemporary. Yeah. And I, right. I it, that's not really your bag and stuff like that. But no, no, I totally. Um, one thing that we talk about quite a bit, even before we started the podcast, was, you know, weird history, strange science, and the paranormal can cover a lot of things, and there are a lot of. Um, paranormal slash true crime podcast out there and um and there is a lot of you know badness in the news and contemporary horror and um i don't know personally i i don't have it in my heart to have an entertainment podcast and in include that sort of thing in sure. it just because i'm a very empathic person and i can't i put myself in their shoes and mm. I can't imagine having someone listening to my story like that or, you know, so I'd much rather keep it on the side of these are fascinating things, um, that, that we cover and there's plenty of that mm -hmm. and, um, no need to really go okay. into, you know, every once in a while we'll do a weird news episode like storming mm -hmm. um, area 51 and things mm -hmm. like that, or new science <laughs> breakthroughs that yeah. are just blowing our mind. But as far as contemporary, uh, real life, uh, horror and drama, I'm, I'm content to let the newspapers cover that. Mm -hmm. Right. And another thing right. that keeps us from, sort of going into that territory is that we decided early on that we we wanted to keep odd tonic um, um, suitable for families if you're playing the podcast in the car and you've got kids in the background if you feel like they can handle the content yeah, if you've got spooky kids <laughs> yeah we were spooky kids. yeah so, <laughs> me too so we, we, in, a, in a way we make odd uh, odd tonic for the the spooky kids that we were mm -hmm. um 
and and we always keep the language clean. So if you feel like the kids can handle the content, you don't have to worry about the language. And you were asking about, you know, just sort of meditating on the horrors of the world. I think that another thing that would keep us from doing that is we wouldn't want to be the ones responsible for bringing that sort of content to uh, to the kiddos. Mm -hmm. So, nor um, do we want to encourage it in any way. <laughs> yeah, the media no, effect. Like, you know, yeah. like, no, if any fascist dictator happened to be listening to Odd Tonic, <laughs> we just <laughs> don't want to encourage them. Bad dictator. No, no. Bad, bad. <laughs> I, I completely oh, understand yes. that, like, time and I'll call it humor yes. are a great barrier to yes. the horrors of of the contemporary world. I totally yeah. I know I have some em, uh, empathic friends that are just like, I can't like mm -hmm. in whoever the audience is, their grandparents. Okay. Because time is a great barrier for right. that serious topic. And it's funny because a lot of yeah. ghost stories are attached to some kind of tragedy, but mm -hmm. it's, so it's what, it's kind of what you focus on and, uh, and wh where you put your attention to sometimes with that. And sometimes it could be really del a delicate balance. So I can respect that too. So mm -hmm. it's not like, no, you know, none of mm -hmm. this, but it, because there is tragedy attached to the paranormal a lot. Mm -hmm. and, oh, yes. And, those, mm -hmm. and it, you know, in, in a way, you want to be able to tell that story because um, there's a justice in sharing it and not mm -hmm. forgetting it too. So it, it's all about the balance. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and plus... Um... Oh, goodness, I think I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> That's okay. Have a sip of tea and say, hey, Jennifer. <laughs> that happens a lot. Yeah, right yeah I, yes, I, I was going to say, when when I write on on my site, I, I can cover some pretty dark stuff. But I do have a rule of thumb is if it's, like, horrible, I don't go past 1975. Right. I've got a good 45 or so, you know, I've got a generation plus buffer to talk about the darkness. So like if there's any wounds, it's scarred. And then for a lot of the younger folks, they wouldn't necessarily be able to directly relate to it. Mm -hmm. And that's a good, exactly. that's a good yeah. buffer. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. That, that makes sense. And I think that even though on odd tonic, we don't steer into that territory. We do like the spooky. <laughs> yes, we we still we still like the spooky, and um, I I'm I'm a I'm a little proud of some of the uh, some of the episodes, particularly around Halloween that we did, where we yes. really that was really good. Mm -hmm. uh, thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. I think you even gave me goosebumps a couple times, and that, that's really hard to do. Yeah, so I was like, ooh, I love that story. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Black-eyed kids was a good one. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. do love. Black-eyed children are I, I those stories just kind of freak me out a little bit. I I don't know if you know who David Weatherly is. Oh, yeah. Um, he writes a lot of books about uh, yes, black-eyed children. He's a he's a good friend of of my Ross and uh, mm -hmm. Ross Allison and and I. He's very very nice, but some of his stories with black-eyed children just. Oh my gosh, that just kind of freaks me out. And it takes a lot to freak me out. Let's just say. <laughs> it's, it's such a, a lot. Yeah, it's such a different phenomenon. And when I had first heard about it, I thought it was an urban legend, you mm -hmm. know, like Slenderman. I really thought it was. 
And then Max was like, no, no, it isn't. And I'm like, well, let me read this book. And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> So, so in your in your opinion, what do you think the black eyed children are? <laughs> do you have an opinion with that? It depends on the day when you ask me. Uh, <laughs> yes, I know what you mean. I like I'm this realness. <laughs> yes, uh, I'm the same way. Maxwell and I really love the hungry ghost idea. Oh right? yeah, do you from want Buddhism. Um, because we were debating it when we were doing the episode. And right. You can focus on, because we also like to give the listener a bit of an answer, right? Mm -hmm. Right, right. There's definitely some correlations between um, the, the hungry ghost traditions in Asia um, and, and the black-eyed kids. I think that... I think that although there are some correlations, there aren't complete correlations. Um... So I think that depending on the tale, like with any paranormal sort of experience, um, I think there might be different types of black-eyed children, black-eyed mm -hmm. people. I think that um, and certainly, um, certainly if in, in China and Japan they're seeing... Uh, spirits with black eyes and you know they they're asking for food you can't mm -hmm. say well i mean they have black eyes you can't say <laughs> that they are and if they're a child you can't say that was not a black-eyed kid mm -hmm. i think that there are there are a wide variety of uh, experience uh, experiences and and i think maybe a um a variety of entities with mm -hmm. with the black eyes um as for any theories as to where they come from, or what do they want? <laughs> uh, I mean, it, it's obvious that uh, they are they are parasites, and uh, they seem to vampiric. Yeah, uh, and they they seem to uh, feast on uh, on energy or like a okay. life force energies. I know that I'm just gapping on the names, at the, yeah. but. Um, yeah, as to where they where they come from and where they go after that, I don't know. Yeah, and this it is, is kind of funny though. I was just gonna say, you see, on some of the alien shows, they talk about black eyed children on alien shows, mm -hmm. and they talk about black eyed children on paranormal ghost yeah. shows. Mm -hmm. So it's fascinating, you know, about that. So sorry, Jennifer, I didn't mean to cut you oh, off there. No. no, that that's an excellent excellent point, and that's another thing that just makes it so difficult to be able to put your finger on it and you know i sometimes i am comfortable with the the answer of i just don't know i just yeah, i can't me too just yeah can't, you know? um and then you know when you factor in is this some kind of screen memory and and what is presented to you isn't even what your brain is interpreting as to what's going on i feel like that could easily be part of it as well um yeah. Because, you know, you hear stories about them being there one second and not being there the next. And right. some of it really does sound kind of alien. And, uh, you, yeah, you just don't know on this mm -hmm. one. It's just a really, really bizarre, disturbing subject. Yeah. So <laughs> on, on the subject of disturbing kids, I think 
Like the Scandinavian, the Scandinavian. You can tell because I'm six feet tall and blonde, right? As I look at you with my dark brown eyes and black hair, right? Um, so when we talk about boogeyman's and cautionary tales, um, so my family's Norwegian, and we had mealings. I don't know if you know what a mealing is, but these are the cast aside child spirits. They were toddlers that were abandoned in the woods, mm-hmm. and so. It's kind of like a be careful teenage daughter tale, mm-hmm. but it, it goes back throughout Scandinavian lore that these yeah. young mothers would abandon their children in the forest who would die from exposure, and mm-hmm. then they would come after to claim the life force of their mother. Oh, and wow. if they couldn't find her, they found someone like their mother. Mm-hmm. And then it was the whole ke- creepy, rotting toddler flesh, let me suck your life force wow. kind of tale. But this has been part of yeah. Scandinavian lore cemetery. since yeah. like the 1300s and stuff like wow. that. They go back. So meanlings, I don't know if you want to look at that, but that's oh, creepy yeah. kid tale. That's creepy kid tale. Wow. Yeah. So when I heard black-eyed children, like I immediately thought about meanlings. It's M-Y-L-I-N-G-S if you're... I'll drop a link in our chat over there yeah. if you want to check Perfect. it out. Yeah, awesome. I'd love to look that up. Yeah. Wow. You know, the thing that really is, I think, really fascinating for me is the whole having to be invited mm-hmm. into your space. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I don't know if that is um, just a ploy to keep you standing there while they're like, secretly feasting on you. Or if there's really something to that, and and one of the one of the theories that we had that I think we may have shared on the episode is that are they well they're certainly asking to come into your physical domain, but by asking that are they when you give them permission to come into your physical domain, are you also in your mind giving them permission to kind of come in here hmm. too? Yeah. Because there's there there is so much sort of um, psychic stuff that seems to be going on. They seem to be, you know, be able to read your thoughts in some of these stories. Um, or they are, uh, they're I'm forgetting some of the details, mm-hmm. but it seems like they can get into your head and they know what's going on. And it makes me wonder if by giving them, again, permission to come into your physical space, you're giving them permission to come into like an intimate part of your psyche where mm-hmm. and that's really what they want so mm-hmm. i don't know it's the whole thing is very creepy and very fascinating yeah the exactly thresholds the threshold mm-hmm. right uh yeah ideas and and doorways to mm-hmm. here there and yonder yeah exactly yeah mm-hmm. exactly food for thought <laughs> no pun intended <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh-huh. Those are very good. Very good. <laughs> Your brain is like some popcorn. Just let me nibble on that a little bit. <laughs> you know, I also really enjoyed your um, reincarnated, uh, the reincarnation episodes with the children that uh, talk about the different, uh, you know, things they're going through. That was really a, a good episode too. It's, you know, I love, I do love reading stories about that, especially when a three-year-old starts talking about, you know, how he used to be a pilot, <laughs> things like that. Past lives, like, yeah. Maybe there is something to this, you know, because part of me is like, oh, I don't know if I believe that or not. But then you start hearing more and more of these 
you know, little children or say something like, you know, when I was up there, you know, and I chose you, mommy, you know, out of all the other women, you know, it's just like, what? (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I really enjoyed that episode too. There's so many of them. I can't even go into (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's a really fascinating subject. And um, you're right. We did share a couple of those stories on a Parlor Stories edition, which is our listener submissions uh, episodes. Uh, but we do plan on getting uh, create an episode that that digs completely into reincarnation, and that's exactly where okay. we're going to start first. We're going to mm-hmm. start with the the stories from the kids because you just mm-hmm. there's there's no there's yeah. no logical explanation for the the details mm-hmm. that they can give, particularly in India. I mean, yeah. um, it, I mean, there, there have been stories, I think the story that really, really blew me the way the most was, and I, I don't have a lot of the details um, uh, top of mind, but uh, the broad strokes were, is that uh, a child was, was born and was doing the usual of, well, you're not, you're not my mom, you're not my first mom, I had this other mom, and they were very specific about, and they, you know, and I had this family, and we lived in this village and the village actually wasn't that far away and the family decided to take their child to the village and the child was pointing out different things that they remembered dead on they had never been to the village before and the child was wow. able to point out uh their murderer from their previous life mm-hmm. oh, wow. it actually, it actually solved the cold yeah. case do you remember that <laughs> i remember reading that it's like yeah that was really something yeah how, and, uh, how there's no there's no rational explanation for none. that none that's one you have to take on faith yeah yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Like, originally when i was hearing stories French, you know? yeah mm-hmm. oh yeah speaking mm-hmm. french yeah yeah yeah, the language thing is, but I always viewed it as maybe some kids are far more receptive to their psychic abilities simply because they haven't mm-hmm. aged and been conditioned to ignore it. So I thought a lot of, about a lot of kids with these very clairvoyant abilities really being remote viewers, or maybe they're, you know, if you believe in astral projection and stuff, you can travel through time and space. Mm-hmm. And that could be more of a reason for it then, but you know right that maybe there's maybe uh and the reason why they're sort of zeroing in on one life rather than many lives is you know you're you're absolutely right it could be a phenomena where they've got an entity whispering in their ear mm-hmm. or or you even never know. Mm-hmm. yeah stepping in a bit you're stepping in yeah, yeah. exactly I mean, because exactly. it's not like Carillion photography is going to do it, you know, like you can't really there's like no right. way to prove any of. Yeah, we yeah. have no way to actually prove it through science. Yeah, of anything, actually. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know, thank, thanks for bringing that up. I think that's a really interesting angle uh, that uh, I would know. love to uh, research a bit. Yep. So, yeah. Whoa. Go for it. We'll check that out when we actually make the episode. Okay. <laughs> yeah. The, the other thing is what I find it really interesting about, especially Tibetan Boot, Buddhism, I'll probably skewer the name of it, but I think it's Vajrayana or something like that. That's the Tibetan br- brand heavily influenced by Hinduism. And, you know, this is where you get the Dalai Lama reincarnation and the tales are so ingrained. Sometimes... I'm a debunker by nature. I always think because there's it's so well recorded and documented mm. that hearing the tales, reading the tales, 
it could have an imprint on kids. I'm not saying this is the case, but you know, if you look at it from a natural explanation part of it, it could be simply because of the documentation is so good for right. it. They could have heard it. And like we hear about the associations we make just by something we heard randomly or read or saw on TV and we can recall it at a different time, but we don't really know how we recalled right. it. Right, right. And there's, and that ties into the whole collective unconscious yeah. thing, doesn't it, too? I mean, there's uh, there has been the, the the documented scientific research of, you know, the 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 tribe of of monkeys that discovered the tool mm -hmm. in a certain location yeah. and then you know All on an, an isolated island mm -hmm. where mm -hmm. other monkeys are suddenly within a very you know a very limited time frame they started using the same tool mm -hmm. out of the blue it's like how does this happen and i think you're right i think that once which is no less fantastic oh yeah correct, yeah. correct. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely and i think that it's uh it's it is important to to uh, as as strange as these cases are. Uh, it's important to keep our, our minds open and uh, and know that it it could be uh, it could be a, any variety of bizarre answers, not Correct. necessarily the one that right. seems the most obvious. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say the human mind is a doorway to a billion portals. It just right. depends mm -hmm. on what the input is is for the output. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, it's scientifically acknowledged that we can pass our phobias on to our children mm -hmm. who you know who oh, knows yeah. what else uh race memory and yeah. things like that that we, could... we pass on to each other yeah and, right and even and no ways matter we understand and yeah how we... and no matter how rational we are are like if you're raising i don't have kids i got dogs okay so this <laughs> but you know even if you rationally think i can't I don't want to teach my kids this. You still have physical reactions. And if children mm -hmm. read by viewing and intuiting what the parent means. And so it could get baked in early. Mm -hmm. Right. So mm -hmm. Right. And not just kids. Yeah. You know, the uh, the, the stories of the, the genius horses, right? <laughs> Who that, you know, through the, mm -hmm. the, the, the tapping of the hoof yeah, yeah. somehow, you know. And, and then, and uh, what was the story of, of the, the farmer who took his horse on the road because somehow this horse was psychic and was... Psychic and, horse? Yeah. yeah. And, mm -hmm. it, and it was, you know, clomping the right number of... Lady of, Wonder. Age or weight or whatever it is, the questions, and and they found out that the the horse was just an expert at reading the face of the farmer. Yeah, and the closer they got to the right answer, he's kind of like, yeah, yeah. And well, except for that they uh, they did an exper they did the the experiments with it and put the blindfold on the horse and it still got the correct answer. Oh, mm -hmm. I needed to check my source. Uh huh. I'm dropping a link in the chat. <laughs> fascinating maybe it's cues through body odor yeah <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah so i mean Terrible. yeah i mean what? with the whole thing with the ghost uh, ghosts and pets and though it's just because they have such enhanced senses that they can probably pick things up that we we can't so oh have you had a a pet episode? Have you had a pet ghost episode yet? I mean, not a pet ghost, but a pet's reaction <laughs> well, to there ghost could be pet episode. Ghosts. I've thought about <laughs> doing pet. We, yeah, we've talked about it. We've definitely talked about it. That's fascinating. Yeah. 
Yeah. In <laughs> fact, that was that was one that we talked about early on, and I think that we just forgot about it. <laughs> oh. And, and all we of them. We gotta take better notes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But absolutely, those stories are are fascinating. Mm -hmm. yeah. And and um, and I'm sure that you guys can back this up. Um, stories of of animal spirits are, I think, just as common. Mm -hmm. As, oh, as yeah. human spirits yeah. they're always the, the stories of the person who's for instance lost a cat mm -hmm. and you know with you know a couple of weeks later they feel they feel awake jump up on the bed right and i've the, actually had that the, oh really i have actually had that and also there was one day i was changing the sheets and i fluffed the sheets out and next thing i know i saw a cat jump down and go out of the room and then just disappear and i just stood there for a second like what did I just see? You know, because then I thought, it just must be I'm working too hard. <laughs> but I swear, I swear I saw a cat jump down from the sheets and run out. But I think it was my little jinxie. So. Yeah. Oh, well, <laughs> when, I, when I lost a, a Leroy Brown dog, um, great big German Shepherd dog. Mm -hmm. And a couple weeks after, I'm sitting with my back to the to the bed, you know, I'm probably on the computer and um heard heard what sounded like him getting up on the bed and I thought, well, it's probably my other dog getting on the bed. So I turn around and start to say, Hey Augie and no, Augie was in the other room sound asleep. And there's just I mean the distinction, there's no way to mistake the sound of a big dog getting on mm -hmm. the bed yeah. for right. Yeah, I don't even know what. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. Exactly. I've had yeah. two experiences with pets. One I haven't talked about. That Ooh. Ooh. Do tell. Do tell. I'll, I'll start with the first one. And this is with, um, I have a pit bull German Shepherd mix. His name is Wally. Um, he's got very goofy ears. Anyway, I so was. <laughs> I love you. This was when I was living in Chicago. So, you know, I'm a Chicagoan. Shout out Chicago if you're listening. Um, and. <laughs> I was with my other ghost hunting partner, and we were back in my condo. And, of course, we were being all creepy. We didn't do the Zozo Ouija. Okay. But <laughs> you know what I'm talking about with not that far. Yeah. But Wally went around the corner by the bedroom, looked up at the ceiling, the corner of where, like, the living room meets a bedroom, and just went ballistic. Mm. And then when I played back the EVP, I got in. F you, her, 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 in a very demonic voice. And so it was, he was barking right, it happened, and then bark, Wally went off. Wow. Second story. This wow. was when I was much, I don't know if you can make an episode out of that, but whatever, take it. And <laughs> Second story deals with cats. Yes, I have had cats. I'm not necessarily a cat person. But I do love my cats. This is with Sebastian, who is an orange tabby. He's like a two-foot-tall, I'm-going-to-kick-your-ass alley cat out of Chicago, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and in that case, I was actually staying over at my friend's house. Um, she's my prime hag. You know, if you're on my side of the fence, you know what the prime hag is. You know, just default <laughs> to the prime hag. And her house used to be a funeral parlor a funerary house mm -hmm. and so awesome it was early in the morning and seb jumps off I, it's short names for sebastian i called him seb he jumps off hides 
under a dresser. And then, like, I'm awake. I'm caffeinated. Okay. <laughs> it's like 8.30 in the morning. The house kind of shimmers. And I see a couple fighting. And she throws things at him. So he jumps off the bed, hides under the dresser. This woman and man manifest. And it looks like she throws a phone at him. And then it shimmers and fades away. And Seppi, wow. like, sticks his head out. and But he ran under, like, three seconds before it happens. And I'm just, like, sitting there, like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So those are my animal ghost stories right there. Okay. Wow, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, it was. I wish I was, like, ghost hunting at the time. This was, like, nine years before I became a ghost hunter. <laughs> yeah. It probably helped to contribute to it, too. <laughs> uh, it was the 2007 event that did that. <laughs> The 2007 event? The 2007 <laughs> event. That's... I want to hear that one, okay. unless you've told it before in the past. I have not, but you're the guest, so I want to... <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not hogging your time, but let's just say oh, Chicago, right. north side of Chicago, along the lake, a lot of the apartment buildings used to be hotels. Mm. <laughs> and so I go into the elevator. I lived on the 12th floor, you know, and it's at... Sheridan and um, Foster, if you're familiar with Chicago. So right in the Edgewater neighborhood. And the elevator gets stuck uh, between the seventh and eighth floor. And, you know, it's it's the kind of thing, you know, gold plated. You know, you got some nice marble. You know, I think we're thinking 1920s, 1930s, Art Deco type stuff, interiors, you know. And it's going up and it's rattling. And I'm like, this is taking an awfully long time to get to the 12th floor. But as it's going, it's groaning and it rattles. And I'm just like, this isn't good. I've never been stuck in an elevator in my life. And this building is too old to have the emergency <laughs> press the thing, you know, with the mm -hmm. red button with the alarm and stuff. Help is on the way. Bingo. Yeah. <laughs> and so the elevator gets stuck in between the 7th and 8th floor. And I'm just like... But the whole time it's rattling. I'm like, this is my final destination moment. I cannot believe I'm going to like get taken out in an elevator collapse, which is kind of cool. But still, I am going to die in an elevator like cable snap death splat. OK, I'm going to be compressed. I'm going to become a panini, Jake Panini here. But it rattles. I hear some groaning. And then I kind of like, I, I don't this is the whole inexplainable part of it, right? Inexplicable? Okay, well, for all you English majors out there. Okay. Uh, there's like this gold light that forms, and I can feel the shimmering, and a silhouette of a man starts to form, but he's all gold. And I was just like, I don't know who you are. You seem familiar, but this isn't, you don't belong here, and I'm going to be fine. So... You have to go away because you might be helpful, but I don't I don't need you actually anymore, whoever you are. I kind of figure it was my grandpa Jones. It was kind of the feeling, you know, you have a feeling for a relative. And I absolutely loved my grandparents, loved them. I was just like, I, I, you know, I'm like 30 at the time. And I'm just like, I don't. Can you go? And it like shimmered and faded away. And then the elevator was still stuck. And it turned out they were speaking to me. It was like the, the, the elevator, the elevator people 
I had to actually hit the button and they were listening like to me. Like real people, not just the yeah. elevator people. And the real I couldn't people. hear them and then it went away and they're like, we're, it's like, it's okay, we're sending, we're sending the, I forgot the name of the elevator. You know, the big elevator company. I cannot remember the name uh, of the elevator. Yeah. And they're just like, yeah, we're sending someone. We'll get you out. All we have to do is pull, they'll, they'll get the crowbar to pull you out from the eighth floor. So you'll need to reach up. <laughs> and then after that, I'm just like, I grabbed the Mel meter and the full spectrum camera, and I was busting ghosts. Okay, that's my story. Yes. That's my story. Yes. Yeah. Jake has a, a lovely assortment of gadgets. Yes. So I call, I, yeah, I call these boo moments because in it, when it comes to most ghost stories, it's most people just have like one incredible event, mm-hmm. and they're never bothered again. For the most part, mm-hmm. this is like 90, 95% of the people that write into my blog and stuff. It's just like really a one-time event. One-time. Enough, mm-hmm. you either accept it, like me, and you're kind of fascinated, or you're just like, that was crazy. Uh, but this happened at 2.30 in the afternoon after I had played beach volleyball, okay? This was the summer. This was like August. Mm-hmm. So that's my bit. I'll shut up because we still have... 48 minutes to fill of you. <laughs> I think, oh, great story. Yeah. Thank you. I think all of Chicago is haunted. I mean, every story. I think you're right, too. Yeah. That's what, from all the stories, especially yeah. the stories Jake tells. It's like, yes. <laughs> I've investigated uh, them all. Yeah. I'm originally from Chicago. My family is still oh. there. And oh, yeah, what part? What part? Let's talk. Uh, uh, South Side. Okay. Bridgeport or Canaryville, Canaryville or no, like, uh, let's see, Chicago Ridge, Oak Forest. Oh, yep, 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 southwest side. Yep, yep. Yeah, but um, I also have family in Schaumburg. I used okay. to live in Libertyville and Evanston as oh, well. Nor- okay, north side, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Evanston. so kind of been all the way around the okay. city. Yeah, I'm in Edgewater. My used to live in, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. And Rogers Park. Yep. I have friends in Rogers Park. And okay. my sister used to live in, um, like, a Lincoln Park around that oh, area. Oh, yeah, yeah. Everyone that moves into the city lives in Lincoln Park and Lakeview. It's, um, it's yeah. part of the initiation, right? But yeah, just uh, Chicago itself just, I don't mean to speak ill of the city, it just has so much energy and mm. just feels like so much history is there and so much has gone on. And boy, they've got great museums. <laughs> oh, yeah. We got a whole lot of museums, yeah. Mm-hmm. So to one Chicago and to another, cheers. Yes, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I flap yeah, my gums a lot. I'm going to go back to the autonic folks now. <laughs> but I'm all Have into like, any? I'm all into like how they record the episodes and the gear and the mixing. Oh, right. I love right. the production so. part of it. And then, of course, we'll get to right. mad scientists and monsters afterwards because of the <laughs> I do love the monsters episode. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, we, let's see, we record. Right. And, um, uh, <laughs> you will quickly become disgusted with the fact <laughs> that I can't remember uh, the specifics of everything. Don't mics. Let's talk mics. Sure, sure. We did a lot of research, and uh, because we're good at that, we like our research, <laughs> uh, we ended up picking up the Heil oh, yeah. 45? Yeah, the PR? The PR 40? 40, 40, yes. 40, yeah. mm-hmm. yes. So uh, we, we each have one of those. Uh, we have... Um, the uh, the the mic arms to mm-hmm. sort of like keep Boom them mics. up, yeah, 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 um, so that we can um, keep our desk space open as we're recording. Uh, we have a 
Mackie Pro Effects 8 mixer. Oh, nice. Which uh, we we like, but um, it is a little noisy. So um, oh. I think that even with a preamp, the uh, the Hiles really suck up a lot of power. They do. So, yeah. Um, it, like you need 60. They say 48. It needs like 60. Yeah. Phantom power, amps of phantom power for that. Yeah. Absolutely. We learned that the hard way. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> So, um, By trial so, and error. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, uh, I think we're going to get another preamp okay. to get that, uh, worked out. We've got, um, what are the headphones? Uh, the, one right, there? right. The, uh, <laughs> oh my goodness. I don't remember the name. Uh, the, uh, <laughs> Look, (gasps) dude, you are so steampunk right now. (laughs) (laughs) And you still can't read it. I still can't read Ah, it. So I bet it's either an Audio Technica, a Sennheiser, a Sony. Yes, uh, the Audio Technica, the uh, M50X. Oh, that's what I got. That's what I'm wearing on right now, actually. Yeah, I couldn't even even tell. Oh, no, it's a little dark in here, but yeah, I got my Audio Technica 50s. We love them. Yeah. Very comfy. And uh, from there, we do our um, recording and uh, post work in um, Adobe Audition. Oh, oh Adobe Audition. Uh, and oh. yeah, I, we, we have a YouTube version of our audio show. Mm-hmm. And what we do yes. is. Let me drop that uh, link. Because I don't think yeah. we had that. Yeah, that was that was a, a lengthy discussion between uh, Jennifer and and me. We really wanted to have a a presence on YouTube, but mm-hmm. at the time we just didn't have. We certainly we had the desire, but we didn't have the bandwidth at the time to create a a, a video podcast either mm-hmm. as a as a supplement or sort of switch from audio to to video. So. But we still wanted to have our cake and eat it, too. We still wanted to have some sort of visual representation mm-hmm. of us and the parlor, and a little bit of motion during the uh, during basically the the audio podcast on YouTube. So uh, we did some brainstorming and we figured out uh, an, an opening. Um, we, we give each show the, the same video opening where you get a, a few little glimpses into the parlor and all of our all of our <laughs> stuff. <laughs> Yeah. And, I um, love that. Oh, thank you. <laughs> mm-hmm. And yeah. then uh, you get a glimpse of us here on the settee, and then uh, the camera is pointed down on the on um, the the table where we record, where we have candles going and mm-hmm. um, our, yeah, our teacup. <laughs> right. <laughs> and That's we, nice. Yeah, and and we let just we let that roll for the length of the. Uh, the, the audio and uh, yeah we really like how it turned out mm-hmm. and that's kind of how too. I listen at work yeah. yeah when I when I listen at work you know and I'm pretending to file <laughs> as I'm I'm stuck you know filing the same document you know for ten minutes because I'm listening to you you know but but, uh, <laughs> but yes that's what I do <laughs> yeah oh oh I brought it up because uh, we do all of our um, video editing on Adobe Premiere okay. That's why I brought it up. So those are the two main tools, and of course Photoshop. Jen uses Photoshop for the graphics. Our images, yeah. yeah, me too. I totally get it. Yeah, very nice. Graphic as, wizard. As a podcaster, what I really appreciate, especially about the video auditing s- software, I find that 
the video editors because you can have a craptastic picture but as long as you have killer sound and mm -hmm. I find that the video editing software does the best job of mixing and making sure everyone's clear and giving more pop to what I'll call the audio image than what mm. you would like. I I would use GarageBand because I have Macs, but mm -hmm. even that's not as good as when I take it to iMovie and I have Final Cut Pro. All oh, right, that like and I know Adobe and and uh, their video Premiere does a really good job with mixing the audio as well. Like you get the richness, you get the high frequency, you get the mid range yeah. much better. And when oh. you add the ambient music and the, the sound effects, it, it's much better coming out of a video editing software. Yeah. 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 There's just, uh, I'm really impressed with how, um, Adobe has all of their tools able to, um, work together in such a way that you can you can <clears throat> take an audio file that you've been working on in audition and you can pull it into premiere and uh and vice versa too you can um you can bring a video file into audition and uh work on the audio that way as well um i think jennifer and i both remember adobe in the early days where you just kept your fingers crossed that uh <laughs> you could uh have your the document that you are bringing from Photoshop into Illustrator and back again wouldn't make your entire computer hang up. They've, they've come a long way. Right. Really oh have. yes, I'm out. Yeah, yeah, they're doing they're doing a great job with integrating all their tools. Mm -hmm. So true. Yeah. So we record in the parlor, and another thing, I think it's it's the actor in me, but I. I can't record in my audio podcast in my bathrobe. I do like to dress up. I do like to wear a corset. <laughs> Get into character. Yeah. Right. I, often wonder, mm -hmm. I often wonder how many podcasters put on a corset. <laughs> it might help with projection. <laughs> it has, it has, um, it has, um, gotten me a couple of times though, because I'll be on a long, um, a long, uh, breathy recording and suddenly right. I don't have any air left. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh yeah, I have to breathe a little differently in this. But yeah. <laughs> love to dress up. I love I love um it, yeah, there was just no question that uh just coming from such a visual mm -hmm. visual artistic background that we really wanted everything to reflect everything, mm -hmm. even if it's just an audio podcast. Yeah. I, I was going to say, though, because Odd Tonic, by far, because I'm, I'm a huge lore fan. Mm. I, I love Aaron Mankey quite a bit. And it it's really great. Yeah, mm -hmm. And he's he's dark history. It's, it's mm -hmm. not yeah. quite the same. But I would say the one thing he misses that you guys nail is like world building and mm -hmm. creating mm -hmm. like I'm, I'm being transported. He, he's like I'm reading a fun history informational, kind of, but like I'm there with you guys. Versus, Yay. oh, that's great. Yeah. So what we, he does. Oh, excellent! Thank you. We we try really hard for that. And exactly. when we when we were developing Odd Tonic, we we did hit a crossroads where the early direction we thought we were going to go. Again, lots of research. Mm -hmm. um, we had been listening to lots and lots of paranormal podcasts. Plus, we were inspired by them. To oh, yeah. We create our own. Yeah. Because we love them so much. Yeah, yeah. and we just love the content. Yeah. We thought, you know, that's. 
we knew that we wanted to do um, uh, you know an audio production and and in, in talking about well what what are we fascinated by you know Jennifer says it all the time it's it 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 was an obvious choice to be doing the the weird history weird science and and paranormal because that's what we're passionate about mm -hmm. it's it's what we've always just ate up like popcorn since we were kids and it's something that we'll just never tire of and so we came up with a direction that we were going to go and we had listened to lots of paranormal podcasts and we said well, we don't think that anyone's really taking this direction and so we created um, um, a, a prototype and we were sending it around to, to people what do you think what do you think and then I thought you know I never searched for paranormal comedy podcast mm. which were a little bit of both and it brought up hundreds more podcasts that I had <laughs> never seen with just the first keywords of paranormal podcast and there were many that were very very similar to what we were doing right mm. down to it's this, a guy and a girl. Right. <laughs> they have the same name right. for the same section. Oh, that's of the, oh, no. <laughs> uh, the, the, this is the part of the show where we do X, and they had the same name for it. And, and we're like, oh, no. And so, uh, I, being the perfectionist, I put on the brakes, <laughs> and we thought. Made me cry. <laughs> <laughs> and I challenged us to think about what can we do that maybe stands apart from from what's already being done. And what was interesting was that it focused us, it really focused us on what, on who we were yeah. and who we are together. And, and we decided to take the risk and sort of really share who we are, share the parlor, share the fact that we love to dress up, share the fact that we don't just think these things are kind of kooky and fun and isn't that unusual. We're really passionate about that. So we decided to really, really reveal ourselves, really put ourselves out there. And, and I'm so glad that that was, yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad that 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 well, is how we came about because I'm. Um, it seems so obvious now. It does. But yeah, yeah. I think really we were does. just blueprinting it so mm. hard. We weren't. We weren't stepping back and thinking about it emotionally because, really, to me, what I really want to. I don't want to just invite our guests into the parlor. I want to invite them into this world in this. Our world. Yeah, yeah. in this dreaminess that that is about it, and so much of that is artistic and emotional and just stirring and there's a romance to it too and there's just this um so much creativity you can put into it and i feel oftentimes in, in the modern world we find ourselves in um that's the thing that's thrown out first you know the art programs are cut the mm -hmm. you know if you don't have budget to to have a full-time mm -hmm. art you know we'll freelance this and it's kind of like the first thing that's cut and and really, it's it's your heart and and your emotion and just the art that you can put into things and just we really want to bring back that old world charm of things that it isn't all about your commute time and mm -hmm. <laughs> um, you know what what's the frozen dinner of the day you know there there <laughs> you can put art into anything into what meal you make you know what you wear that day how you express yourself and. 
I think that's really important to us as a podcast that we we can encourage that in people because I really do believe the world just can only benefit from more from more of that. I agree. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and your chemistry is really amazing too. <clears throat> I think that yeah, helps a lot. I'm gonna break camera. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> For folks on YouTube, she oh, broke God. the fourth <laughs> play or fourth panel. If we're talking comic <laughs> books. What is that? <laughs> that that was another conscious decision that we made that we uh, we were going to. Um, we were going to be very upfront with our, our affection for each other too. Um, yeah, I think Jennifer is absolutely right. The, the big, it was, uh, it, the, the big change between the prototype and what we have now is that we, we altered, we altered our thought from what do we feel, uh, people would like to see to, uh, what, uh, what is it about, our personalities and our our sensibilities this, that we enjoy so much yeah. that um, that we can just share and and just take the risk to be us and um, and that included being affectionate I think with, with <laughs> each other and just letting that be part of the show um, yeah and and I'm again I'm I'm, I'm sort of if you were to tell me a couple of years ago that we would end up going that way, I would be. Yeah, you're usually honestly freaked strategy. out, right? Because, because <laughs> I, me especially, I think I'm a rather private person. Yeah. And uh, just the thought you, you of you weren't really on social media until the podcast. Yeah. You know, so it was a challenge there to be a little more public like that. Yeah, it, it's true. It, it's true. And 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 to be told that, yeah, in just a year, you're going to be just putting it all out there. <laughs> I would have completely freaked out, but. Yeah. I think that um, somehow the the show is is stronger for it, and I'm oh, delighted and mm -hmm. surprised. Definitely. Very well done. Oh, thank, thank you. you, thank you, Whitney. Well, at this juncture, shall we? Would you like to start sharing some of your stories that I believe you brought along? We'd love yes. to hear some ghost stories. Yes. Totally. Where you please? Yes. Oh, right. Yeah, well, yeah. We brought some uh, listener stories that we have shared on uh, different episodes of our mm -hmm. parlor stories. And um, yeah, we have some good ones. Uh, Jennifer, did you want to share one first or shall I jump right in? Uh, I can share one and uh, then maybe you can share one. Do you sure. have any personal ghost stories you want to share this evening or... Ooh, yeah. I was wondering about that. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, we could I do mean, those too. I mean, I could briefly touch on um i've i've had numerous experiences throughout my life um more than me <laughs> yeah i'll be and, honest more than me. um that i i, I used i kind of always thought oh is it just the luck of the draw of the places i move into or you know i often we often speculate if i'm a bit of an antenna for that that sort of energy and and we actually kind of have to be a little careful with the the subjects we pick and how excited I get about it because it seems to attract that kind of energy <laughs> but um yeah uh I think I don't know if I ever shared this story on the show but um when I was like 13 and I lived in Connecticut um 
I would wake up to hearing voices in the living room. It sounded like the TV was on. And I would lay there in bed for a minute and wonder about why is someone up right now? And I would get, finally, I would get up out of bed, walk down the hallway. And as soon as I crossed the threshold of seeing into the living room, it, it would stop like immediately. And this happened like quite a bit. And uh, so that's, and that was just one house. And, you know, there's just, and it's funny because every location you live, it's always something different, right? It's never the same mm -hmm. uh, type of phenomenon or like uh, one house it might be. Uh, knocking in another house, it might be visuals and or things moving and and that sort of thing. Right. So, yeah, <clears throat> I don't know. <laughs> it, it's kind of yeah, it's crazy. It's 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 really neat to have uh, personal experiences in something that you're so interested in, and then you know to be able to actually have firsthand accounts is something that I'm I'm. It's scary and terrible at the time, but I'm very grateful for um, being able to experience that sort of thing as well. <laughs> mm -hmm. Nice. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I do, I do love hearing other people's stories um, as well, which is, is just such a perk with uh, the podcast that uh, people send in their stories and, and share them with us, which is great. So I did pick... One of my favorites that we have shared. And let me see if I, okay, I can bring it up. Um, this one was a story that A.D. Vaughn sent to us a little while ago. So settle in. <laughs> okay. It was 1995 when I moved to San Luis Obispo, California to begin college. San Luis Obispo, or SLO as the locals called it, was halfway between San Francisco and Los Angeles on California's central coast. Located on a coastal valley surrounded by rolling hills and rocky outcroppings, it's one of the most picturesque places I have ever lived. It's also crazy haunted. Home to California's first mass murder, a Spanish mission with a violent past, and at least four murders by two separate serial killers, San Luis Obispo County is steeped in violent and often haunted history. But as an incoming freshman, all I knew was that it was beautiful and I could study animals there. It wouldn't be long before I had my first introduction into SLO's dark history. A week before classes started, there was an orientation for incoming students. We basically spent five days running all around the county with other students, learning where to eat, where to play, and where to get into mischief. One night, our group leaders drove us out to the south side of town and up a hill behind the old general hospital. The street ended at the county probation office. Headlights off, we drove through their parking lot and onto a dirt road. Further up the hill, we saw a dark brick building looming in the moonlight. Designed by the same firm as the Ghirardelli Square in San Francisco, Sunny Acres and its Romanesque architecture was originally built to house tuberculosis patients in the 1930s. Over the decades, Sunny Acres served as an orphanage, a juvenile detention facility, and a home for difficult children. It was shut down in the 1970s amid rumors of steel cages and violent abuse. We got out of our cars and walked up to the front door. The plan was to get inside 
and walk the halls, halls of the supposedly haunted hospital. But the windows and doors were boarded up tight, and we were worried we'd be seen in the bright moonlight. So we walked around back and sat on the blacktop of the playground. There were about 30 of us seated in a big oval on the basketball court, where we started talking, taking turns, telling ghost stories, haunted houses, Ouija boards, Bloody Mary. We hit all the creepy teen highlights. We had been telling stories for about 45 minutes when it happened. I heard a scream of shock to my left, and then I felt two hands on my back push me violently forward. I sat back up in time to see that the person to my right was also leaning forward over their lap. And then I saw the next two people suddenly lean forward over their legs like they were being pushed, but there was no one there. Everyone else in the group thought we were messing around, but we all felt it. Someone or something had pushed each of us. Clearly, whatever it was didn't want us there on the blacktop. Since that day, the city of San Luis Obispo has had a few different offers to develop the property, but they've all fallen through for one reason or another. And the city put up a fence around the building and posted asbestos warnings to keep people out. <laughs> but a few years later, the city put up a second fence around just the blacktop as if there was something there we also needed to fear. Personally, I think it's some very angry children. Very oh, cool. cool. There you oh, go. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Great story. Like that. Great story. We love it. <laughs> Makes you wonder. Yeah. We never know what sort of experiences we're going to be getting from our listeners. There is such a, a wide spectrum of of encounters and and things that they've experienced. And uh, sometimes you get stories that uh, even with all the books that you read that you'll you get a story from one of these listeners like i've never heard of anything like mm. this happening before and i had that experience um reading this story from gail she says my name is gail i grew up in south dakota near the black hills an area rich with paranormal activity as well as the remnants of prior times for example, there were many teepee rings there, rings made of stones that were used to hold down teepees. Some of these were on the land which my family, my family's ranch stands. You can find Native American artifacts along the river that flows through our property. The Black Hills are also home to Deadwood, the 1874 Gold Rush, the Bell Witch, known from the Blair Witch Project, and other cool and spooky things. I could ramble all day about the history here and my experiences. The one I want to share today would be an experience my family and I had when I was around 12. We are a family of spelunkers. I know. Who takes a child spelunking? <laughs> but that was me, a little girl who explored caves and mines. There are many of them in the Black Hills. Some were closed off, but that never stopped us from exploring. We would usually make a weekend of it with a group of friends. 
on one of our camping slash spelunking adventures, most of the group stayed back at camp while my parents and I explored this little mine we had come across on the way into uh, the camping site. The mine was boarded up, but there was a hole just big enough for a person to sneak into. Sketchy, right? <laughs> my dad went in first just to make sure it was safe. <laughs> my mother and I followed. Upon entering the darkness with our flashlights, we noticed the entrance branched off in two directions. One way was inaccessible due to water. It was common for miners to hit water and flood an area of a mine. So we took the other way. After some time of following the little minecart trails in the ground, the rails ended and the cave walls began to wind into a room. My dad peered into the room and exclaimed, What? No way. My mother and I quickly came to look. The room was full of odd things, like old paintings, items made of gold and jewelry. It was like a treasure room. We didn't touch or take any of the items. My family believes in the paranormal and cursed items. <laughs> so instead, my mother took some pictures, and we went back to camp to tell our friends to come look at what we had found. Perhaps an hour had passed from the time we had gone to the time that we returned to the cave. When we entered the cave's room, everything was gone. Our friends thought we were playing a joke on them, but when they saw how serious we all were, they too were spooked. We checked on the room a couple more times throughout the weekend, and the treasure never came back. Was it a time slip? Or ghosts? Who knows? Most likely this mine was used during the 1874 gold rush sometime after that, sometime after that it was flooded. And maybe someone at the time hid their expensive riches in this thought-to-be-closed-off mine. That camera that my mother took the pictures of the room with was one of those disposable cameras everyone used in the 1990s. When she had it developed, they told her there was no film in the camera. <laughs> so what were the odds of that <laughs> that they just happened to run into this ghostly treasure in this mine and then she goes i mean you guys are experienced as soon as you heard about the camera and she's going to go to get developed it's like okay well the film is probably going to be blank, blank yeah, or blank. Show never been exposed <laughs> But right. I, we had never heard of the entire film roll missing. That's mm -hmm. yeah, that's especially from a disposable paranormal. camp. <laughs> wow. It seems I think you're muted, Jake. I am. Yes, I'm Jake. like talking and no one can hear me. <laughs> I'm We're like just ignoring you, Jake. I know. I'm just like I'm like Morse code da 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 did did da da which is Morse code for WTF. Um I'm like ghosts. They're pesky things. Yes, they are. Yeah. So have you heard of a story like this before? Of of a phantom treasure? Or anything similar? Well, you know... It, I was trying to think. Um, not... Well, so it's 1874. I don't know if this is like a timeline thing, but a lot of times with ghost hunters, 
you'll find we really, really focus on like the Victorian age on. Mm -hmm. So that would be like the 1880s up to the 1920s. And it, like that's the part we focus on. So when it comes to treasures, that it, like you don't hear about that kind of anchor or fetter, which what we'd be called, that's the, the bond that keeps the dead attached to, mm -hmm. to the living's world. Um, so a lot of times when you'll hear about residual hauntings from the Civil War and stuff, but like you don't really, when you think treasure, you think about the Caribbean, you think about the original explorers I, and everything, but not so pirates. much after. However, <laughs> the California gold rush, Alaska gold, like that is some legit stuff. Those hauntings, like if you're from Northern California, yeah. Sacramento <laughs> and stuff, I would say that holds up to this day, but still mm -hmm. it's the 1850s on. Mm -hmm. you that's know. interesting yeah well you know you do hear stories about um you know some people walking into a room and um like that used to be an old civil war um there i think that there was something about that in kansas city actually one of the <clears throat> one of the old um homes that was there was used for a hospital and these two women i think it was on the college uh one of the colleges there it was a park college um, where the two women went downstairs into the basement, the elevator took them there, the door oh, yeah. opened up, and uh -huh. the yeah. mm -hmm. doctors were, like, working on someone, and they were, like, Civil War area, they were mm -hmm. cutting off someone's leg, ah! and right. it was just, like, they walk in there, and they're like, what the hell? And But the doctors actually, didn't they say, turned their heads and looked at them? Mm -hmm. wow. Or was it a residual, I, I can't remember, but it was, it was... So, you know, something like that, we hear a lot of those stories or hear stories where somebody walks into a room and they see this beautiful golden room with mm. all these beautiful paintings. Mm. And they're like, where did this, you know, this beautiful room? I didn't, you know, like in an abandoned place and yeah. they get their friends and they come back and all of a sudden it's just yeah. a shambles. Total cobweb. Yeah. So total residual haunting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I see yeah. it goes. Go ahead, Jennifer. Oh, that just triggered a memory that I had a friend who claimed that her father, when his mother passed away, um, he was going about normal everyday stuff, uh, turned and went into a room in his own home, and he saw a vision of his mother with a whole table setting in front of her, gorgeous ever, you know, settings and everything, and food, food, food everywhere, and this glimmering light, and, and just... It, it, it was just like, wow, you know, embarrassing riches of, of all this. And then it kind of vanished. Mm. And it was like, well, obviously she didn't have that in real life, but yet this was being projected. So in a way is, you know, that that's interesting. Heaven, maybe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. or just mm -hmm. conveying to him that she's okay, that sort of thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He's not needing anything. She's well fed. She's well fed. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I'm from the Midwest. Like I like them well fed. So, <laughs> oh, that's kind of nice, though. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I like visions of like that. Right. Yeah. Know, I mean, and most people and... probably realize a lot of times it, ghosts and hauntings are not really terrifying things. Sure, they cut catch you off guard. But yeah. generally speaking, star for you, yeah. Yeah, if <laughs> if you have a link to the ghost, it's going to be positive. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, if it's kind of outside your family, it's going to be neutral. Like when they talk about demons and dark they entities, and, it, yeah. and uh, no, that's the movies. 
and the ghost yeah. hunting shows. Yeah. I'll throw some shade yeah. at the ghost hunting shows, though I watch <laughs> them all, and I love them. <laughs> yeah. I totally love them and watch he them all. He does love them. <laughs> he has great reviews of all of them. If you ever want to know anything about any of the ghost hunting shows, Jake knows. Just really <laughs> their ghost hunting methods and technology. <laughs> yes, he loves the tech, yes. <laughs> but, uh, that, that is something that I have thought about quite a bit since um, we started the podcasting, hearing everyone's stories and and I belong to quite a few paranormal groups too, where you you know you hear even more stories, and you just kind of come to realize that these ghosts they used to be people, and if they if you did encounter them as people, it wouldn't be scary. Sure, it's weird if a grandpa's in your kitchen, but um, <laughs> you know, but they were just people, and it's not all. Uh, a vengeful spirit or some right. evil entity coming to, you know, take your house away from you, mm. that sort of thing. But yeah, yeah well, that's it, what it, I always say. You know, that's one thing I always say, you know, somebody thinks, oh, my God, I have a demon. And so evil things are happening. I was like, <laughs> you know, sometimes if a person is a jerk in life, they're probably going to be a jerk in death. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. those yep. things. And, and the other thing know, is, if they have a message, they have to use shock tactics. So you pay attention. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, sometimes they they don't know how far they're taking it. I believe, and you know, not no no really know how far if they are scaring you or not. Yeah. But they have a message to give, and that's one thing we always ask on a lot of our investigations: is do you have a message for somebody? And um, you know, we had one investigation where I asked that question, and we got an answer of, um, "I don't like how much she smokes." And it was this whole, it was sounded like an elderly man. I don't like how much she smokes. And um, the one woman that owned the house, she smoked, you know, maybe a few packs a day. And um, I kind of conveyed that. And she listened to the recording. She goes, you know, that sounds a little bit like my grandfather. And um, then we had another one from him saying, I loved her blue prom dress. And I was like, so what color was your prom dress? <laughs> she was wow. like, it was blue. <laughs> wow. Fascinating. So, and then after that, she never had anything else happen in her house. I don't know. You know, he just wanted yeah. to, to know she mm-hmm. smokes too much. Yeah. Maybe concerned about her health and that sort of thing. Wow. Yeah. Fascinating. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Stories like that. Mm-hmm. Me too. So, so guys, because we only have you for like another 10 minutes, I got questions on your next projects. Are you thinking about doing anything outside of podcasts? Like, are you going to show up at a conference? Do you have a book? Yes. Do you? Do you have book anything fun? <laughs> Ooh, scoop, 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 scoop. <laughs> well, we, uh, we can't start small, right? Uh, our official... <laughs> Uh, you know, we we are based in Seattle, and our official first show is going, live show live, live show, show. Ooh. is is going to be at the UK Game Expo in um, Birmingham, England. <laughs> oh, wow. I got to book a flight. Taking up the oh. show and taking it to, to, to Birmingham. <laughs> oh, awesome. Oh, that sounds great. That's amazing. Well, so yeah, is this a one-time thing, or are you thinking about doing, like, a little oh. tour with, like, at nice theaters or big, like, really big libraries, which I could see you guys totally <laughs> fitting into really big libraries. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very well, big old we libraries. Yeah. take it as far as we can go, right? Um, we do have plans to go to DragonCon this year. Okay. 
Mm -hmm. um, um, you know, we're going to we're going to examine it as we're presented with opportunities. But mm -hmm. we've had a few local Seattle meetups, uh, including with Spooked in Seattle on Valentine's Day. That was amazing. And uh, so we wanted. Yeah, we want to do local things. We want we want to do live shows. We would certainly love to tour, but again, it's it's a two person uh, production, so we're always looking to network and find people who are definitely passionate about helping us out in that area because it's certainly something that we're interested in doing. Mm -hmm. Do you have anything to add? No, no, I think. Um... No, you're doing great. Okay, so great. so guys, just let me do a plug for you. Okay. Autonic does amazing content. If you're listening and listening to us, and you listen to them, then you know this. They have a pledge on their page that you can do a donation so that they can put more content and possibly go on the road and do shows with us. Yes, thank you very much, Jake. Yeah, yeah we uh, have a Patreon. Mm -hmm. Patreon slash uh, Autonic is where, because we are listener supported, we are an independent podcast. And um, so that is certainly something we do not shy away from <laughs> or uh, turn away. An independent podcast that does its best to sound like we are a derivative of NPR. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like you're beyond, like I hear your stuff and I'm thinking like Luminary, if you know Luminaries, oh, like Hollywood. Holly, the Hollywood crime, like oh, yeah, I put you on you. par with the, that's good stuff. I'm not plugging it. Autonic's better. Yeah. I'm plugging it. Very, but. very good. Wow. Thank you so much. I totally agree. <laughs> oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. You guys, guys are too you're nice. So sweet. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, we we do plan to grow in those areas as much as we can, and this is something we've certainly challenged ourselves to make that happen this year, mm -hmm. and we are exploring opportunities as they come in, and we would just love to continue to grow that way, because again, it is about connecting with people, and <clears throat> so it's not just about us sitting in our parlor. We want to get out there and meet everyone and, and interact with them and, and hear them personally, you know? Right, right. Are you, are you going to be at Crypto? Crypticon. We are. We don't have a booth or a panel, but we will be there on Saturday to okay. uh, hobnob with the rest of the people. So we'll definitely. Yeah, we'll we def should be there too. Great. <laughs> yeah, that sort of thing. It's like let's meet up then and yeah. organize um, getting together. Yeah, that would yeah. be awesome. Also, um, you know, they do have a lot of ghost conferences that actually would absolutely love Very you. true. I don't know if you've heard of the Oregon Ghost Conference in Seaside, Oregon, but it's wow. going to be um, the end of March. I was trying to think 27th and 28th. We're mm -hmm. going to be down there. Oh, awesome. And uh, then they have the Port Gamble Ghost yeah. Conference, which is Oh, another yes, right. in November. Mm -hmm. Yes. Right. Talk mm -hmm. about good ghost stories coming out of Port Gamble. Oh, <laughs> oh yes. Mm -hmm. that, the Walker One Ames of my house. favorite places. Mm -hmm. Do you know that's one of the places I had my very first experience, uh, paranormal experience, I should wow. say, um, I there in the Walker Ames house. Yep. Mm -hmm. Opened my eyes because I was thinking everything was a bunch of, you know, was just made up. Yeah. <laughs> I, and then, right? Yeah. Yes. I totally put the Walker Ames house down because that's the first time I got like really great engagement with a ghost. Oh, that's mm. funny. Like yes. moving things. Wow, wow, yeah, wow. Mm -hmm. So lots of stories. I, I was just saying, you could yes. do a live on tonic out of the Port Gamble conference. Oh, I would you love know? that. I would yeah. love that. That would be really fun. Pete would, I'm sure he would yeah, love I'm to Yeah, I'm sure Pete would be do down that. with that. And they've got a nice yeah. big um, facility for, it's at a casino. 
we'll deal with that. Sweet. Cool. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. yeah, Jennifer's right. There is a we really are, are pushing for um, getting our live show together this year. And um, in addition to England and Atlanta, Georgia, we oh. are looking at um, going down to Austin. We've got okay. a lot of listeners in, uh, in Austin and the surrounding areas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and and absolutely, if there are conferences that that our listeners think would be a good match mm-hmm. for Odd Tonic, and certainly you guys, we um, I wasn't aware of the the Oregon conference shoot them our way we would uh it's our big it's our big uh goal this year to get out of the parlor and, mm-hmm. and uh, take the show on the road we're we're so heads down sometimes in the production of it that we don't have time to come up for air and actually research where we should be going <laughs> so mm-hmm. there's a lot of unknown territory out there for us so it's it never hurts to just have someone ping us and put it on our radar because sometimes we just don't know it's your chance to tell Odd Tonic where to go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'll tell you where to go. And very polite geolocation <laughs> specific information. Yes. yes. Exactly. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. You guys have been so amazing. Yay, oh, thank you. Jim Page, Maxwell Holacek, and Odd Tonic Podcast. We absolutely love you. So thank you for being on our show. We really appreciate that. So oh, it's been so, so much, much fun. Thank yeah. you. So Is there much. any other, um, you know, uh, any other, I guess you'd say, parting words that you'd like to say or how people can get in touch with you and everything? And plug, 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 plug. Sure. Well, we've talked a lot about um, our listeners submitted episodes. If you have a story, we would love to hear it. And you can reach us at theparlor at oddtonicsociety.com. And you can spell parlor with a U or not. (laughs) We prefer the U. (laughs) (laughs) We're spelling a parlor instead. And uh, we have a website. You can check us out at oddtonicsociety.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at oddtonicsociety. And and when you're on our Facebook page, you can also find our group, our community there as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And as we said, we are on YouTube. Uh, We just do a search for uh, Odd Tonic. Mm -hmm. I dropped the link. I dropped the link mm-hmm. for oh, you. Oh, great. And yeah, yeah. subscribe. Yes. And your shop, and because you got great swag. Yourself. I'm going to get a hoodie oh. after this, because <laughs> we're in Seattle. I'm getting a hoodie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, thank and you, I'll, I'll plug the Patreon one more time, because money is always nice. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, it it's just <laughs> patreon.com slash oddtonic if you want to donate, and we have perks on there as well. Like uh, we we bank listeners by name, whatever you know, or their nickname, or their pet's name, or their business name uh, uh-huh. during our listener episodes, our parlor stories. So um, people can have a little plug there um, as part, you know, being part of the the podcast, that sort of thing. And uh, yeah, okay. Can you think of any more links? <laughs> <laughs> Just wait. It was. I want to make sure I got it right in the chat. Pa- Patreon.com/slash/oddtonicsociety. No, just odd tonic. Okay, for let me correct. Yeah. Let me correct. Let yeah. me correct. It's about the money. We gotta correct. It's about the money. <laughs> okay, now it's corrected. <laughs> yeah, I'm a capitalist. Whatever. <laughs> but you guys have been fantastic. Thank you so much for having us on the show. Yeah. yeah Whenever you have a new new project coming up, let us know so we can okay. get it out there. Please. Okay, right. definitely. Yes, we would be happy. And and feel free if you have boogeyman stories, mm-hmm. please. Oh, okay. Put it in our segment. Have those too. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, and thinking back on it, I don't think that we've gotten any user-submitted stories uh, that sort of fall into that realm, but uh, we could certainly uh, mm -hmm. hit our um, our page and our group up. Yes, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure there are, there are folks holding out on us. Yeah. We'll shake. Oh, them. Just, <laughs> yeah, or they just don't think to mention it until someone right. suggests it. You know, you just mm -hmm. have a... mm -hmm. that would be awesome. <laughs> yeah, like the one lady who her aunt told her a story, and she was going to write write a story on it, a, a short story, and she went back to her aunt, and her aunt just doesn't even want to talk about it, because to this day, it still scares her so bad. Wow. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I can't wait to hear that one. Oh, that's <laughs> a good one. And they say that a lot of the, uh, the boogeyman deal there comes from the Zulu and Joe, another tribe in that area. Oh. So um, a, a whole lot of cultural uh, innuendos there mm. as well. Mm. Yeah. I can't wait to see them. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, and we can't hear to, wait to hear those stories once you. Oh have yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. So Perfect. then we've come to mm -hmm. the end of the show. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it's you know we got time limits and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> We but do not. You not necessarily. Wanna... We could keep going if you want to go. Like yeah. we could keep going. Like, like I got an unlimited plan. But <laughs> three weeks later. Yeah. <laughs> so this is the show now. <laughs> yes. It's like eight in the morning. Everyone's like, they're still going with the ghost stories. <laughs> Haven't gone to bed yet. It's like, but wait, there's more. But wait. <laughs> and another time. Mm -hmm. That's true. I mean, the sequel. We Save need to ex extend exactly. the series. Yeah, exactly. Like, this is a serial. We'll create, like, a comic book limited series here. You know what I'm saying? Yes. <laughs> yes. Cliffhangers and things. Yes, with cliffhangers and everything. This is our cliffhanger. Autonic yeah. will be back. Autonic Society will be back. They will That's be back. Right. Never get back. With more ghostly. I'm awesome. hoping for some mad scientist debauchery myself. <laughs> I'm a big fan of steampunk mad scientists. <laughs> Um, wow. so, so Wendy all right, our listeners yes. I would like you to go to the oddtonicsociety.com page submit ghost stories if you have them or listen to them subscribe do the whole deal there now I want your boogeyman type stories or your, your creepy <laughs> creeped out stories um, please get a hold of us website Facebook page the whole thing it's all Mystic Moon Cafe uh, look us up you'll find it or mysticmooncafe at gmail.com. Submit. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> now, I will be back. I will be back Sunday with uh, my circle of witches of the Witch's Cauldron. And we will be going over witchcraft then and now. And mm -hmm. maybe some tarot readings and that type of thing as well. So, Sweet. all right. So, That's what I got. June. I just wishing everyone a fabulous week and we will talk to you next Wednesday night. And who is next Wednesday night? Harvey Althaus. Um, that's right. Oh, the, that's going to be uh, fun. Remote viewer and the oh, one dude. who did the Netflix um, haunted series. He was like the third, third story in it. The okay. children of the well. And I believe he has a couple others out there. So uh, just a very nice man, very neat man. Um, probably talk a lot about how he thinks that uh, children with the stories um, should be 
encouraged rather than discouraged about such things, not just poo-pooed away, you know, oh, you're dreaming or, or whatever. So uh, I was very impressed very listening to his show. The one very time. cool. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we'll be tuning into that. That sounds yeah. Yay! Thank you. <laughs> uh, let's see. So for yes, the Jake? ghost hunting side, tomorrow night at Spooked in Seattle, we do have a private team, a ghost, uh, ghost hunt. Say that a lot. Mm -hmm. A ghost, ghost hunt. Um, so yeah. I might have some evidence to oh, put up evidence. on ghostly activities, which is where I document <laughs> our ghost hunts. And then we do have an excursion to the Stan Wood Hotel and Saloon over the weekend, on which Saturday. is notoriously Very haunted. haunted place. Old West mm -hmm. Haunt. So hopefully I get some <laughs> evidence on that one to post. Yes. And uh, with that, That's gentle awesome. listeners, again, thank you, Autonic Society. Jennifer yes, and Maxwell for being on. Appreciate it greatly. Thank it's you. been a wonderful time, and we love your podcast. Everyone else, you love their podcast, too. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Patreon. Don't already go okay. back and, yes, go and yes. find it. And go back and listen <laughs> on their website or through their many pod hosts, actually, <laughs> podcatchers that you got. Uh, but make sure you subscribe. Amazing episodes. And with that, our outro track for tonight is Lonesome by Wyatt and the Holy Spooks Fest. No, Feast no. of Fear. May I? May I may yeah, I did you? Because I'm just like going you? off with the things. So. Yeah. It's, it's Lonesome Wyatt and the, and the Spooks. Feast of Fear? Oh, crap. Feast of Fear. Thank Feast you. of Fear yeah. is what I got. Okay. <laughs> It's really long and it's late, people. Well, yeah. not so much on the West Coast, but yeah. <laughs> but it's a wonderful atmospheric track. And with that, thank you all. Thank you, and have a good night. Good, good night. night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night.